I guess you could say it's been a rough couple of weeks. I like to keep a positive attitude, but a um, couple things happened with our business where it's we're basically we're headhunters for the logistics uh, industry, recruiters, executive recruiters for the import export logistics, any any type of cargo moving by air, sea, land, truck, rail. We are headhunters for that industry. And we work on a straight commission basis. We know that. That I mean, obviously, we know that. But um, we know there's risks involved. Like you can do a ton of work for a company, then they don't hire your candidate, and you've done all this work, and you don't get any money for it. When we get paid once, we place a candidate with a company. So a can- we, we go out, we find, com- we find candidates, we interview them. If they have the right type of experience, we present them to the company. If the company interviews them and likes them, they hire them. And that's when they pay us the fee. So we were approached by an, a former colleague. Somehow we uh, knew each other, probably just from doing this job, from maybe having um, previous correspondence with them. The guy's with a new company. He's a, a vice president in charge of sales for the United States. So he asks us to get to find him sales reps. They have he's like we we've got this new company. They have a ton of money. They are beefing up their sales program. So yeah, here we, we need to hire sales reps. We had like an hour meeting with them on the phone about what he's looking for, about his company and everything. And so I sent him our contract. He signed it and said, "Yeah, go ahead." So we start sending him candidates and he is interviewing them he the vice president of sales and the ceo of the company here in the u.s is um they're interviewing my guy our guy and other people but they make an offer to this one person and he gets hired he accepts it the company sends the um offer letter through us we negotiate a little back and forth the candidate had some questions um so we facilitated all that and just like we've done for the past 18 years this is how you know and eventually they were both both parties were satisfied they signed um the offer letter and he started he started working for them so we send the invoice and um the invoice was due then it was passed due so i reach out to our contact and say, you know, I had to follow up with him a couple of times because it was like over 30 days, you know, 30 days overdue. So I'm very friendly reminders. Hey, you know, I think this might have been overlooked. Uh, Can you look into this for us? And finally, at some point, he says, listen, go to my finance. Here's the email of my finance department in another country, I guess where their headquarters is. Uh, Do me a favor and just email them. And so I'm like, okay. I email the guy. I'm like, I'm helping this guy out because he's been traveling for sales and he's very busy. Can you please look into this invoice and uh, and you know see what the holdup is? Well, that person came back and said, you know, we don't usually hire recruiters. Therefore, we don't recognize this invoice and we're not going to pay you. So I go back to our guy. I'd be like, look, that's not even an option. You signed an agreement. You signed a contract. Um, 
you never should have told me to go to this person. I thought I was just sending a reminder to the guy. Just like, oh, yeah, this is this thing you've had. I know you have a lot of invoices and stuff that you're processing. Just a reminder that this one is due. Well, I don't know what's going on internally at their company. But I told our guy, at the VP in the U.S. who hired us, who signed the contract guaranteeing payment, uh, you know, you got to do whatever you have to do. And then he he's basically said to me, I was told to stay out of it. All I can do is send reminders. And I, so it's kind of frustrating dealing with someone who's just saying, I don't know, you know, sorry, my other office said they're not paying. You can't just, it's like if you hire someone to build a house for you, they build it, you move in and then say, you know what? I don't normally hire other people to build houses, so we're not going to pay. You know, that's not even an option. But the unfortunate part, I mean, the guy, our contact who hired us and signed our contract is a really nice guy. But he won't take my phone calls. I keep calling him and leaving voicemails, and he'll email me back and be like, oh, I'm in a place where I don't get cell service. And he's just like, I, I don't know what's going on. But he will not pick up the phone. I'm just trying to have a conversation. I need to know is it just being held up? It's going to take them a long time, or are they absolutely refusing to pay to see what I'll do? So, my wife and I have that situation, and this isn't a small amount of money. This is a nice chunk of change. This is a decent amount of money, and I don't want to have to hire a lawyer. We've done that in the past. Unfortunately, our always, our lawyer always wins, and they're brutal. But I don't want to go down that path. But if this guy doesn't call me back or acknowledge us, I am going to have to do that. So that's one thing we've been dealing with. Another is we were hired by a different company to find some people for them. They have a couple of jobs open across the U.S. We were hired by their head of human resources here in Los Angeles. And we're working on jobs in City of Industry Chicago and the JFK area. So while the HR person hired us, there are VPs and managers across the country that we have to talk to and deal with. So just like the first company, this second company, we've put a lot of time in looking for people, spreading the word, doing what we do to, to get in contact with people, to find referrals, to get people who are interested and interview them and send them in. So we had found a couple of people that we interviewed and presented. And a couple of days went by. We start sending follow-ups. Hey, do you want us to set up an interview? What would you like us to do here? And we're kind of getting ignored. So we just keep sending very friendly reminders. Hey, what do you think now? Would you like to um would you like us to set up an interview? And Usually, if there's something wrong, if they can see the resume, oh, this guy is not right at all. First of all, we would not have sent somebody who's not right. We're, they're usually pretty spot on because we know we came from the logistics industry. We understand what they're looking for, and we don't just wing in anybody. We interview them to make sure they have the right type of experience. So we had a guy who's on the East Coast who... I've talked to him before. He was a very nice guy. It's been a while. But um, he had told us a couple times, I will have an answer for you by end of day tomorrow. 
And, you know, like a week went by. And so I, Nancy called the guy. And like I said, I'd spoken to him before and he was a really nice guy. And usually it's just, you know, to smooth things over and say, hey, you know, I know you're busy. What's, you know, do you, do you think you'll have an answer for us soon? Is there anything I can answer on the phone? Well, the guy, I don't know if Nancy caught him at a bad time, but he could not have been more rude to her. He said, oh, well, if I knew it was you, I wouldn't have even picked up the phone. And then he starts throwing out, look, if we didn't, if we didn't um, want to see your person, it could be because he's a job hopper. It could be because, uh, you know, they've, they've, they're not right for the job. They don't have any experience, which none of this was the case. He was just saying this off the top of his head. And he, was, he ended up being really rude to her. And he put her on hold at one point to call somebody else. And then come back and give her an answer, but he couldn't get a hold of that person. And my wife ended up getting very upset. And the guy's like, well, I'm going to go. And, you know, she was just like, look. And she hung up on him. So the best part of that whole conversation was the fact that I had suggested that she called him. Because I had spoken to him in the past and he was a really nice guy. So now my wife is extremely upset. This never happens. You know, she talks to these people and she has great rapport with them. So she, I decide I got to get her out of town. I got to, we got to find some place to go. Maybe, you know, we'll go to San Diego or Ojai or we'll just go away. We're in the middle of planning that. In the meantime, she, uh, she said to me, there is an activity that I'd like to partake in uh, downtown in downtown Culver City that involves salsa dancing. It's a place called the Ivy, and it's it's relatively new. They, it seems like they were building, doing construction on it forever, and then it finally opened up. They're, like, revitalizing, I guess, the uh, downtown Culver City areas. That first, they opened up the stairs. No, the Culver City steps. The, okay, the Culver City, I think the stairs are the mountain where they have these big, huge stone steps carved into them and everybody goes there for a workout to walk up the steps to the uh to the top of the mountain and then there's the culver city steps which is downtown culver city where the culver city hotel is famous for hosting the um well like 100 years ago now but the uh, uh when they filmed the wizard of oz i think that's where everybody stayed and they have uh dorothy's shoes and stuff are on display and maybe a couple other little artifacts. Maybe not quite 100 years ago, maybe like 80 or 90 years ago. So uh, those are two areas of downtown Culver City they're redoing, making nice for people to come and be. And they, uh, at the Ivy, they had a salsa night and my wife wanted to go. Now, if you saw me dancing salsa that night. I'm sure it would come to you as a surprise that that was not the first time I have been salsa dancing. I've actually taken salsa dancing lessons before, a couple of years ago, where I actually learned the basics, specifically the basic in salsa. They say go whenever you get in trouble go back to basic, which is a couple of steps forward and back. It's I don't know how to explain it, but uh you, there's some basic steps that you follow in order to do this salsa-ing or salsa dancing. But for many, many years, since I'm married to a Puerto Rican 
girl who has a large Puerto Rican family, I have been present at many dancing opportunities. Sometimes it's salsa. Sometimes it's merengue. Merengue. Sometimes it's bachata. Um, And I have probably before ever taking lessons a couple of years ago, done something somewhat closely related or resembling salsa dancing. What I normally do is I get on the dance floor and I just try to imitate people. I try to see what they're doing over there and try not to embarrass my wife too badly. I have heard on a few occasions family members say things like, Go, white boy, go. Um, And I try to make my wife not like, yeah, like not to embarrass her too much and not to make her laugh too hard at my efforts. I try to be a sport and play along and do some salsa dancing. So I'm game. She's like, will you go do this for me? It was on a Friday night. So I was like, of course. So we, we go down. We walk up to the Ivy. We've got this thing. Where we hate to be late to anything. I came. I think it came from upbringing. Like, if you were late for school, you were humiliated. If you were late for anywhere, you were in trouble. You were yelled at. So we've always been on time for work. Always been on time. Whenever we go somewhere. So the thing started at six thirty. We arrive at like six oh two. So we walk up there to where they're having it. It's outside on the cement, and there's one guy sitting there playing the bongo drums. So. We're like, uh, I don't want to make awkward conversation for 25 minutes. Let's kind of meander. We'll, we'll walk around. So we start walking around a little bit, and we find ourselves right in front of the L.A. Ale House, or Los Angeles Ale House, which is, uh, I guess it's the satellite ale house of the Los Angeles Ale House company, because the main one is down in Hawthorne, and this is the new one that they opened up at the Ivy, And uh, so we're standing in front of it like, well, we got about 25 minutes. Sure, why not? We went in. We go in and we get a couple of beers and they were wonderful. And as is always the case, I've I've found that this would be the case when I'd go to football games and tailgate or baseball. Well, no, I guess I never really. I don't think I've ever really tailgated for baseball games. It's more of a football game type thing. Um. We were having so much fun, we didn't feel like going to the event. But it got to be about 6.30. We still had some beer. And we could see that there were people gathered. And they were starting to give lessons. So we're like, okay, well, we don't need to be there in time. There's no sign-up. It's a free thing. You just kind of walk up and join the crowd. So we finished our beers. They were wonderful. I believe uh, Nancy got the some type of a coffee-type beer. It didn't look like coffee. It looked very light, but it tasted a lot like coffee. I got, um, I got something in a red ale, I think. I think I've been on kind of a red ale kick lately. So uh, that's what I got. They were great. And we um, then we decided to go over and join the party. So we go over and we grab each other. It's awkward because we haven't done this in a long time. Plus, we're dancing on cement. When we took lessons or when you're at a wedding or any kind of party where you're dancing, there's usually like some slide to the floor. But we're on cement. But we made the best of it in our sneakers. And uh, it was fun. We started. um, Yeah, it was awkward also because we haven't done it in a long time. We haven't um, salsa'd 
in a in a while. So we're spinning, we're knocking knees into each other. I I know the right in my mind. I kind of remember the way the steps are supposed to go, but for the most part, I leave limbs like flailing way out to the side. Where I'm taking much larger steps than I need to. I'm we're. <laughs> You're supposed to kind of after you after you turn, you're, you're supposed to kind of keep moving the same way, but we'll like smack into each other and then laugh and apologize. I mean, overall, we had a blast. It it was so much fun, and uh, people came over. Like a guy would come over and say, "Hey, let me show you a few moves," and he would take Nancy and Spinner and do this, and like, "Okay, now you do it." So, you know, there were people who were. Uh, ready to get involved and uh, and show you how to do things if you looked as, I guess, clueless as I did. But it was a friendly uh, crowd. It was a great time. And people were just openly drinking. There were people at uh, tables. It looks like this might be like a traveling lesson. Because I don't think they've played there before. I'm not aware of them being there before. But I think they they must go to all these different locations. Because there were a whole bunch of people that seemed to know each other. And they'd come together. And they're bringing coolers. And they're all hugging each other and sitting on each other's laps. And uh, drinking beer and wine. And uh, it it was great fun, great crowd. But we, um, at some point, probably there a half hour, hour or so, I don't know. And I just see something kind of flying out of the corner of my eye. And as I look, I, I see it. It landed in the grass and kind of explode. It exploded into like this foam. And I realized it was a beer. Now, where we were set up at the Ivy, we're right underneath the train tracks. Not directly underneath, but they're like over, they're just up there. They're probably about 50 feet in front of us, and then 50 feet up in the air, there's a an elevated train they call the Metro. And there is a, it's it's an actual stop on the on the Metro line, the Ivy station. So there's people up there. And somebody up there threw a beer and it landed it didn't hit anybody but it landed in the middle of the crowd and everybody stops and looks up like what the hell's going on and then he threw another one and it landed in the cement and exploded and like now this is los angeles so it wasn't too surprising i think they threw a total of three beers and you know nobody started yelling nobody everybody just we're kind of we've come to expect that type of thing living in la so People reacted just kind of like, oh, all right, that's uh, it didn't hit anybody. Uh, it's it's okay, but um, it, it was just a very bizarre incident. Also, because I saw the cans, and these were not cheap beers. I don't know where they bought them. I don't know if they had bought them at the ale house or if they brought, but they weren't um, they weren't like cheap light beers. They were IPAs. I recognized some of them. And they, I don't understand why somebody would waste these. I, I don't know if maybe they, maybe they hated dancing. Maybe it was the old guy from Footloose and he wanted to put an end to our fun and, and make us be in line. The guy, uh, John Lithgow. Maybe John Lithgow was up there waiting for the train. Of course, he was just the actor portraying the guy in Footloose. If I recall correctly... Let me know if I got the wrong guy, but I think it was John Lithgow, who was the old mean you can't dance guy 
in Footloose. So I I looked up at one I saw a guy on the platform and he was looking down at everybody saying and he was yelling. He was like, No, 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 it's not me. And he was pointing to somebody that you couldn't see because of where they angled themselves. You couldn't um he he knew enough, I guess, after he launched the beers to step back to be hidden from the view of the crowd by the part of the platform, I guess, that was sticking out. He he just he moved out of the way so we couldn't see him. But um other than that and seeing um well Somebody did come through the crowd and on their way through picked up a a couple of belongings that um, belonged to the lead dance instructor. The lead dance instructor was this dude with a mohawk. And I see him come over to the guy and the guy was moving fast. I didn't think anything. I saw the guy go walking by, but then the instructor came running up and said, what are you doing? And he had taken like a full bottle of water and like some blankets and pillows and just picked them up for his own. And he took them all back. And um, he said, uh, you know, you can't take these. These are mine. These are mine. But other than that, everything was great. We probably danced for a good hour, hour and a half. We would we would take breaks and stand off to the side. And sometimes a new song would come on. And, um, you know, to me, it was just another song, but some of them, my wife would get very excited. Like if it's Mark Anthony or Bruno Mars or, um, or just a, maybe some type of anthem that she loves, she starts jumping up and down. And then of course I will join her on the dance floor because I want her to dance and be happy. So it was a lot of fun and, you know, for the low, low price of free, it was fantastic. So when that thing, that wound up and we decided, well, we're out already. My wife was kind of tired, but she's like, "Ah, you know, if you, we went back to the LA Ale House and um, this time she's just going to get water because she's kind of tired. And the thing I love about the LA technology, you go in there and you just, I don't you, you take the little QR code and you put what you want in there. You put the tip right on there. You pay with your, it's just so beautiful, so easy. And, you know, I get excited about those things. People started using those things probably 10, 12 years ago. I'm just getting around to it. So um, little things like that excite me. So we sat down. It's a great atmosphere. Uh, they had uh, the sports ball games on, the basketball. I'm not really following it, but it was fun to have on. And there was some baseball on. And as I'm sitting there watching my poor wife, who is such a sport, she was yawning uncontrollably, like one after another. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Why am I keeping her out here? So I I drank my beer a little more quicklier, I guess, than I normally would. We got out of there. We walked home. It was only it's only like a half a mile away. And um, we did hear a couple of hopefully cars backfiring possibly gunshots we hear them we hear it like every night here we choose to believe it's just cars backfiring so (laughs) again it's that and then helicopters overhead constantly it's just um par for the course it's life in la and we check the news sometimes we don't see anything horrible happening in our neighborhood so it's just cars backfiring that's all it is but we had a lot of fun like i stated many times before and, um, hey, go support downtown Culver City. It's it's good. They have a ton of shops and ice cream and restaurants and wine and beer and even salsa dancing. So have fun.
if you're from the LA area, we're always looking for fun things to do. So uh, please do not be shy about letting us know some things that you would do or have done. Or if you want us to go do something, check something out, we will do so, possibly, and then report on it. All right? Thanks for listening. <laughs>